2: some of the best franchises in film have come from the litany of literary characters james bond harry potter the lord of the rings they've all wowed readers before wowing audiences but can an eccentric art dealer with his mustachioed might make movie magic find out as we attempt to prove to you that mordecai is not that bad Welcome, welcome, one and all to It's Not That Bad, the podcast that looks for A, grades in B, movies. And we have a fun one for you that has been a long time in the making. But first, I want to welcome back my lovely wife, Carrie. It's been a while since you've been on the show. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I was beginning to worry that, uh, two things, I was worried that we would actually never be talking about this movie, you know, since I pitched it. Oh, about a year ago, um, <laughs> circa twenty twenty two. I don't know, somewhere around there. And I was beginning to worry I was getting fired because uh, I've I missed the mic.
2: Right. Well, and I'm the,
1: here to rock the mic, and I'll rock it well.
2: Well, the mic has definitely missed you. That Aww. is for sure. So I'm as I'm sure as the listeners have as well. And dear listeners, she's not kidding. We were talking about doing this film, I think back in like January or February of this year, it kind of hit our list.
1: It was definitely winter. In fact, I, I like to think that it was, you know, somewhere last year. Yeah. Like-
2: it, it was becoming almost like the, uh, the, the, the <laughs> running gag, <laughs> like, like, like the Jimmy Kimmel Matt Damon joke, right? Where it's like, you know, you do like a, a couple of weeks of episodes. It's like, okay, so we're gonna do Mordecai, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll watch Mordecai. We'll watch Mordecai, and we never would, would watch Mordecai. And then finally, we're sitting down one night and like, what the hell, we're we gonna watch? I got Mordecai in a stick. Are we actually going to do this? Is this actually going to happen? And it actually did happen. And lo and behold, we're now here finally talking about it. Trust
1: me when I say that I didn't actually believe that we would be doing this and recording this until this moment. Yeah. This makes it real. This makes it happen. But even after we watched the movie, I mean, it's been what? A week ago? It's been a bit not. a week since
2: we've actually watched the film. <laughs> I hope I remember. This has been like the snuffle up, I guess, of movies for us. It's like <laughs> it
1: really has. Yeah. You know, we keep talking
2: about it and we know it's there and all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, this is actually happening.
1: Something else always comes up.
2: Yeah. Because now, that being said, we've got, we've had wonderful guests who have come on and done wonderful episodes uh, about some really, really good movies. I say in quotation marks, because the movies haven't always been that good, but they've been fun records, but nevertheless, but now it is time to talk Mordecai. But before we do, you're going to have to wait just another minute or so, because it is time to take this long anticipated movie and trailerize it.
1: Okay. You got two minutes. Go.
2: In the
0: high-stakes world of art, one man looks to make his mark. Meet Mordecai, a bon vivant of such impeccable taste and talent, recruited by MI5 to help track down a painting that holds a secret. Along the way, he will battle Russians, the Yakuza, and Jeff Goldblum in order to track it down oh scratch that he'll bumble his way while his faithful manservant does all the dirty work he's just out to prove to the world that chicks dig mustaches they do right okay asking for a friend witness the answer to the question can a movie featuring multiple Oscar nominees and based on a book series from the seventies still crap the bed? Try not to vomit when you come face to mustache in Mordecai. Rated R for regurgitation reflex.
1: Oh, come on. <laughs> Okay, A, I did not know until this moment that it was a book series.
2: Yes, and that was actually the first thing I was going to bring up. So thank you for leading me into this one here. (laughs) This film is actually based on the Mordecai novels, uh, specifically the novel Don't Point That Thing at Me by Kirill Bonfilio or Bonfilie or Bonfiliole. I'm going to give it one more try, okay? It starts already. Bonfiliole. I probably messed that up still, but that is as close as you're going to get. But it
1: sounded good.
2: Kirill Bonfiglioli. Yeah, there we go. That's it. (laughs) That's where I leave it This here. But let's talk about who's in this film. The movie stars, Johnny Depp, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ewan McGregor, Olivia Munn, Paul Bettany, Michael Culkin, and Jeff Goldblum. Hell of a cast, right?
1: Oh my God, Hell of a cast.
2: However, there's an almost starring in this one. In the role of Joanna, of course, as played by Gwyneth Paltrow, it was almost Carice Van Houten. That's who the producers wanted. Most people will know her as Melisandre in Game of Thrones, but it went to Gwyneth Paltrow instead. The movie is directed by David Kep. Uh, he previously directed Stir of Echoes. Most recently, he directed You Should Have Left. So he's got a decent filmography under his belt. However this film this film at the 36th razzie awards johnny depp was nominated for worst actor he lost to jamie dornan in 50 shades of gray gwyneth paltrow was nominated for worst actress she lost To Dakota Johnson for Fifty Shades of Grey. And Johnny Depp and his glued-on mustache were nominated for worst screen combo. Yes, that's actually the screen combo that was nominated.
1: (laughs) Not him and Gwyneth Paltrow. No, Johnny
2: Johnny Depp and his glued-on mustache. They, of course, lost to Jamie Dornan and Dakota Johnson for Fifty Shades of Grey. Are you seeing a pattern here this year? But we're not done there yet. At the ninth Houston Film Critics Society Awards, the film was nominated for the worst picture, lost to Pixels that year. At the 2016 Yoga Awards, yes, there's a Yoga Awards, Depp actually won for worst foreign actor. And at the 2016 Odyssey Awards, Depp was once again nominated for worst acting performance he lost to Adam Sandler in Pixels. And that's not the worst shame of it all the film had a budget of 60 million dollars according to imdb domestically it grossed 7.6 million on a 60 million dollar budget and worldwide grossed 47 million when it was released on the january 23rd 2015 weekend it debuted at number nine with only 4.2 million dollars The top grossing film that week at number two was The Boy Next Door, debuting with $14.9 million. The highest grossing film in its fifth week, fifth week was American Sniper, which brought in $64 million. Also debuting that weekend was Strange Magic at $5.5 million in position number seven. However, you know how I say there's an asterisk on movies? that saw theatrical releases in 2020, right? Because obviously things were shut down, right? In Australia, in December of 2020, they were putting some movies in theaters, like bringing them back to, you know, for weekends, you know, one-offs here, one-offs there kind of thing, right? So on the December 17th weekend, in one theater in Australia in 2020, This film was re-released. It made a whopping $22.
1: (gasps) Oh, for that one person who went to it?
2: No, no. Two people. Oh. Do you know how I know it was two people?
1: Because each ticket was 11?
2: It had to be. Because also, in one theater... On that weekend, in Australia, the re-release of the second best exotic Marigold Hotel made $11. So you have to think that two people, people, probably a couple, went to go see Mordecai, probably after waiting four or five years before seeing saying, are we really going to watch Mordecai now? Is this going to (laughs) happen?
1: Okay. But was it it was during like the was, heat of lockdowns and covid so in
2: australia no less and we remember like new zealand was very very heavy lockdown during covid australia and again this is this is an older film being put in the theaters cuz there's really nothing else being produced out there so i get it
1: can we just give props to the two people who braved going to the theater going to the cinema to enjoy this movie well, you know Excellent what? <clears throat> choice. Right on.
2: I mean, I give full kudos to movie theaters for making it through. Because, I mean, that, that had to be tough. That really had to be tough, like, for movie theaters and movie theater owners to get through that time. Not so, only
1: when they came back, like, there were restrictions. So, they had to, yeah. like, block half of the the seats that they could potentially Yeah, you had to sell. be, like,
2: five seats away from everybody else around you kind of thing. Like, it was tough for movie theaters. And I know... I know me personally, like I love going to the movie theater. I do. And I know you do too. I do. And I know I know you love it when you and I go together. And I know we love it even more when the kids aren't with us. <gasps>
1: oh. They're going to listen to this episode. <laughs> they
2: don't listen to us.
1: They don't <laughs> they listen should. to us in
2: real life. Where are they going to do? Listen to us <laughs> in a podcast?
1: Oh boy. Yeah. No. <laughs> kids. these are the opinions expressed by your father (laughs) do not necessarily reflect those of your mother
2: no one listens to us you know as it is let alone our kids listen to us so you know we could pretty much say anything at this point and we could get away with it because there's no one out there listening
1: i'm gonna start like mooing or bawing
2: that that should be the trick, right? We should we should literally have a contest. You know, I'm I'm going to meow x number of times during this show, and if you, and if you can count the number of meows, you win a prize. The prize is surviving. Listen to the podcast. I don't know. We don't have any merch, um, but yeah, I, I digress here. But the reason why we are here, and not because we waited about 10 months to actually talk about this film, is the critic score. Over at Metacritic, this film has a meta score of 27. And over at Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score is 30%. The tomatometer is slightly more than the cost of one ticket in Australia. It's a 12% critic score. Yeah. I know. I know. I I, I get it. I know. Meow. Anyways, um, are you surprised at the 12%?
1: I am. It's a good movie. It's fun. It's quirky. It's like, it was super enjoyable. And the cast, the stellar cast. Right? So, come on. I'm ready. Let's talk about this. All
2: right. Let's get into the breakdown here as to who's in this film and as to why it's so good. We got to start with Mr. Johnny Depp, of course, as Mordecai.
1: Oh, he was adorable. He was just adorable. He was so likable. How could he have won, or uh, sorry, been nominated mm-hmm. for worst actor? Like, come on. He was, <laughs> I mean, well, okay, Worst actor in a foreign film or a foreign role. Okay, yeah, but that was the allure of it. Like <laughs> that, that's what made it funny and enjoyable and kind of kinda quirky, kind of um, there's a word for it, I'm um
2: idiosyncratic. No, unique. it
1: was it was it was uh, I don't know, it was it was very Pink Panther. You know when Steve Martin was trying to pull off the French inspector,
2: Inspector Clouseau,
1: right? Like, come on! It was, and again, there's a word I'm looking for, can't find it. But um, <sighs>
2: yeah, I know, I know. Words, 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 are, words fail. Words are tough. Uh, okay, um, okay, but but hear me out on this one here, okay? And by the way, you mentioned Pink Panther. Okay, the Steve Martin one. Yes. Rotten Tomatoes score twenty one percent.
1: Oh, we are talking about that next.
2: <laughs> like next, next, I'm, I'm, or next in ten months from now.
1: I, either way, I'm throwing the gauntlet down. Come on, people. <laughs> but but what the hell, man? I think.
2: And I'll get to my thoughts on Johnny Depp in the actual film in a second here, but but let me paint a picture for you, okay? Let, let me That's bo- what
1: it's all about.
2: Let, let me Bob Ross this shit, okay?
1: Because he's an art.
2: I feel like I need to talk quiet now. I'm going to sit here and paint a lovely little picture here with some little, little accidents, <laughs> little happy accidents. Now. Now they're birds. Now, dear wife, dear wife, we have to understand the world of Johnny Depp at this point. Okay, I'm, I'm done with the Bob Rossing of this here. Um... But, but let, me, let me paint the picture of, of Depp's career at this point. This film comes after a long stretch of films that were maligned by the critics, including The Lone Ranger, where he played Tonto. Johnny Depp was Tonto. Let me say that again. <sighs> Johnny Depp was Tonto. He was also in Tusk, the Kevin Smith film. Yeah, he was also in Alice in Wonderland and Dark Shadows, all of which did not fare well when it came to the critic scores, despite what people may have thought, like what what the fans may have thought of them. Now, I've never actually watched Tusk. I've watched Yoga Hosers, and he's in that too, but it's a it's a it's a weird stretch. But keep in mind too, this is also during the engagement to Amber Heard.
1: I blame Amber Heard. I was gonna say. <laughs>
2: And (laughs) sorry, and like the the month after Mordecai came out, that's when they got married. Now I need to also preface this with: as we are talking about this film, I'm going to put a very, very big in highlighter neon colors. I don't give a about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and their relationship and the end of their relationship. I don't. Not when it comes to talking about films. Okay? I don't care about the personal life. I care about, did he do well in this film? The answer is yes. He did do very well in this film. But there's a bit of a been there, done that feel to this, but not with Johnny Depp. I was getting some hardcore Austin Powers vibes off of his portrayal of Mordecai. And by this point, Austin Powers has been running to the ground. We've we've been there. We've done that.
1: See, I can see that, but again, for me, it was more Pink Panther. I, I can get the Pink Panther.
2: I do. I can. And if those properties didn't exist, this would be a ton of fun.
1: Or even like Johnny English, but not so much, because this one was very different.
2: Johnny English. The biggest thing about Johnny English, is like Mr. Bean becomes a Secret Service agent with the girl who sang Torn.
1: Now, can I just say, like, what makes an art dealer qualified to solve a murder mystery? Really,
2: but, but it's not a murder mystery though. Like the thing with this painting is that there's this secret apparently in the painting that leads to some kind of treasure, which is why everyone's trying to get this painting.
1: I know, but let's not, let's overlook. not discount the fact, the fact that, that
2: there's a dead person. The yeah,
1: artist was uh, offed while making the paintings so, exactly you no know, that that had to make it more valuable the artist was
2: me out there I, t- I said it again <sighs> <laughs> by the way johnny english 33 percent rotten tomato okay. score
1: <laughs> so clearly i am here to defend like the worst of the worst movies
2: <laughs> <laughs> but but i mean i understand why you liked this film this is a very carry movie
1: It really is. It really is.
2: The thing I like about this is that when we think about Johnny Depp, you know, we think about, aside from Captain Jack Sparrow, right? We think about some very serious roles. And...
1: Uh, I don't.
2: Okay, some should. I mean, Edward Scissorhands was not necessarily a serious role, but he played it very stoically.
1: And Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory...
2: Yeah, it's a little out there too. Okay, so maybe we just think about Tim Burton films.
1: When oh, right, when I think of Johnny Depp, I don't think comedy, and I don't think
2: I don't think dark goofy, humor. I don't think goofy comedy.
1: I I tend to think again more in line of like the very dark comedy. Like I'm talking, like the Edward Scissorhands. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, even the Nightmare. Before Christmas, he he voiced that, right?
2: I think so, but basically, you think of anything that Tim Burton would do, and I get that. But the thing is, this is a, a, a fun, goofy, playful, bright, like I think he was just marvelous in this, almost though. slapstick.
1: He he was clearly like it was evident that mm. he was having fun with it, this character and in felt, this role.
2: It felt like a classic british style comedy it was fun yeah and the thing is classic british slapsticky kind of humor is not what i think of when i think johnny depp and
1: and again the parallel again for rowan atkinson and johnny english because yeah yeah. but
2: but but also the austin powers references too like you, you you can't sit there and say you you don't see maybe a little bit of Austin Powers in Mordecai in the portrayal of him. The, and, but the thing is, if Austin Powers didn't exist or if you've never watched the Austin Powers movies, then Mordecai is a breath of fresh air. And that's kind of what you almost have to do. You almost have to be like, have a palate cleanse and, and put thoughts of other characters out of your mind. Although that being said, I am really now curious to read those books because I have a feeling they'd be a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Because if they're written like the script played out, Oh, my God. And that's the thing. I've never read these books, you know? And I wonder if there's... If the people who critiqued the movie went and read the books so they can then sit there and compare. And for the record, ladies and gentlemen, just know that the book is always better than the film.
1: I was going to say that's a very dangerous prospect because Mm -hmm. as soon as you start comparing the novelization to the movie yeah it's it's game over usually, yeah for the
2: film and the usually. Thing is, we have talked about some films on this show where the book is you know either pretty close, but there's a lot of very very different. I I always flash back to the circle. There were parts of the script of the circle that felt like cut and paste right from the book and then you get to the end and it's like did you finish reading the book? Cause I'm watching the film and I don't think you finished reading the book. I am going to be looking for these books whenever we go book shopping, you know, which is for me every other day, it <laughs> seems like, like not even kidding. We have extra soundproofing in our recording studio here, brand new. It's called extra bookshelves. Cause I had book overflow in my office and I had trouble getting in and out of the damn room.
1: Remember the time that they fell? Yeah, and I honestly was afraid for you. It's, like a, I, it's
2: like a book, tra- it's like a very, it's a book trap. Like it's very. I thought you'd
1: be pinned in there.
2: Yeah, <laughs> 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 I I literally had books stacked up like booby traps in there. By the way, I'm I'm going to break your brain for a second here. Okay, booby trap. Spell it backwards. Party boob. <laughs> <laughs> You can't now not think about it, can you? Right. <laughs> okay. I have I have completely gone on a, on a different tangent here. Let's let's get back on Mordecai Road here. Now let's talk about Gwyneth Paltrow, who played Joanna. How was she for you?
1: Oh my God, she was adorable. In fact, I enjoyed her relationship with Mordecai more. This is going to be controversial. Get ready for the phone lines to light up. I'm about to break the internet.
2: But we have phone lines. Um. We, ba- I, we barely have internet some days.
1: <laughs> I enjoyed her relationship with Mordecai more than Tony Stark, Mr. Iron Man. Oi. Uh-huh. Oi. Yep. I did. So, can you deal with that?
2: You're telling me.
1: I broke the internet. Yes, I did. All opinions expressed are those of my own. Do not necessarily reflect reality. <laughs> it's a good
2: thing no one listens to this show. People would be you know, writing in saying, there's someone on the internet who's wrong. That person is you. Bring I, it on. I, I I like the interplay between the two. And I can see parallels in the in the relationship between Pepper Potts and Tony Stark and between Joanna and Mordecai here. It's a very playfully adversarial relationship if you will um and yes the the whole she can't kiss his mustache without it causing her to want to regurgitate and then of course he has a sympathetic vomit reflex
1: i get it i get it
2: which which this is a tough movie to watch because carrie also has a sympathetic vomit Reflex. So they would kiss and she would retch and he would retch and she would almost retch. And it's like, oh, dear God, it's it's the movie is triggering for her in ways that <laughs> she didn't want to be triggered. Hey,
1: I have had a mustache hair stuck in my tooth. Okay. In between my teeth. It's the worst. Believe me. So stop I, biting me. I get it. <laughs> Quit losing facial hair. Stop
2: flossing with my cheek. It's creepy, yo. <laughs> Stop shaving at your desk. I get it. (laughs) See, this is because no one listens. We can say whatever the hell we want. It's okay. (laughs) Shaving over my toothbrush for God's sake.
3: (laughs) Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price.
2: I, I I want to put a question to you though, and part, maybe part of this is why people, or at least critics, were poo pooing on the film. Mordecai and Joanna, they live in Britain and should be very British, but Gwyneth Paltrow was not British. Now there's Johnny Depp, but he kind of pulled that, it off a little bit. Okay, no, no, no. But here's the thing: if if they were they the producers were successful and they had gotten Carice van Houten. In that role, do you think, do you think that with a British actress in that role, it would have been more believable? No,
1: I think that's ridiculous. That's like saying that everybody who lives somewhere has to have that nationality's accent. Like, she could be an American girl that moved there because she fell in love with Mordecai and they met... Somewhere in Los Angeles, like...
2: They met in college.
1: Okay, well, what, you've never heard of exchange students traveling for college?
2: Fair enough.
1: Like, come on. Her
2: nationality was never really discussed in in the film, so it's possible. (laughs) And again, never read the book, so maybe Joanna is American, and And I I could be completely wrong.
1: And I I totally think if Gwyneth Paltrow had tried to throw on a fake British accent, it would have... It would. It oh, she, oh, she could have pulled it off. It would have been bad. No, it would. No, no.
2: The thing is, I like Gwyneth Paltrow as a comedic actress. Like, and again, here's another actress who is very well known for some more for some of her more serious roles. Of course, uh, the first ones that come to mind are like Sliding Doors or Great Expectations. Um, she's a phenomenal actress. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd consider Iron Man as a serious role because that's just fun comic booky kind of I, stuff.
1: I do see her as more of playful comedy.
2: But she I was about to say even though I don't see her necessarily normally in those playful comedy roles, she fits it like a glove and I think and again the the banter between the two like it was good chemistry between Depp and Gwyneth Paltrow in this.
1: Very much. Mhm. Very much. I I adored the couple. Like I thought they were perfect. Yeah. And I wouldn't have changed it. I, I don't think I would have thrown a fake accent on her. And
2: No, definitely I, not. And and that's the thing. If you had, if she was pulling the accent, then maybe it's one of those things where the only thing people would hear is the accent. And I get that.
1: Yeah. I mean, she was very much the brains of the relationship. <laughs> and, and it was just adorable. If she was I, the
2: brain, she'd figure out a way to shave the mustache off.
1: Oh, no. Because, I mean, his mustache was clearly his identity it was his calling right? card it was it was
2: perfect it was his shield it yeah. was his shield and his sword <laughs> ewan mcgregor freaking obi-wan kenobi in this uh how was he for you
1: so much fun you know what all the actors played their role so incredibly well he was good
2: can i say that there were aspects of his portrayal of obi-wan in this in this role he was fun and charming and it would not have been out of place. Had he walked into a room and said, hello there.
1: <laughs> I, that's what I was waiting for every <laughs> single time. Like, come on.
2: Right. But the things you McGregor makes sense to me. And I, it, it, the, the role was tailor made for him. And, <laughs> and again, the fact that he loves Joanna and of course, Mordecai loves Joanna. Cause that's, that's his wife. And you know, he pined for her in college before she hooked up with Mordecai. Like it makes for an interesting dynamic between the three of them. And it's, it's almost like, and and just hear me out on this one here, because we've been watching Lucifer for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Right. So if Mordecai is Lucifer, right. And if Gwyneth Paltrow is Lauren German's character, Ewan McGregor is a Spinoza.
4: <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Which, by the way, if you're not watching Lucifer, what is wrong with you people? Go watch Lucifer. <laughs>
1: oh, definitely. Definitely. Not a contender to talk about on this show. Because well, it's, it's a show. It's not fantastic. A movie, right? <laughs> um, Can I just say, like, I am so happy that Joanna wound up with Mordecai. Well, she had to be. I found he was just, I don't know. I mean, as far as like, he's still holding that flame. He was kind of, uh. Wishy-washy. I found found him weasley.
2: (laughs) A little bit.
1: He was weasley. He was. He was. Not
2: a weasley. No,
1: you, (laughs) you, you, you. Every time you see him, you question his motives. Yeah,
2: he he wasn't ginger, so he wasn't a weasley. (laughs) But he was he was having fun. Yes, and I But he was perfect. He yeah. was
1: perfect as but, Weasley. But it was
2: a dashing fun because the thing is, you know, college, Hugh McGregor in this movie was like he that that was very wishy washy. You know, now these you know, grown up and he's become an inspector at MI five. He's got a little bit of swagger and he's got a little bit of importance. He's trying to throw that around a little bit, and you know, it's it's kind of fun to watch him try and throw that around.
1: Can I just without you know completely spoiling the movie because please do watch it. But I was so happy that it ended the way it did because there was a point watching this with the dynamic of the relationship Mm -hmm. between Joanna and Mordecai. And I was like, you almost tend to wonder where this is going. Is it, is it sincere? Mm. You know? And then that whole, again, you know, introduce obi-wan right Right. (laughs) you know i mean it could it it could have it could have gone either way but it all was well and all ended as it was meant to be
2: i'm glad you brought up the whole iron man thing (laughs) because now we get to talk about paul bettany who of course was jock in this which apparently in the book the character's name was Jacques strapp
1: Ah, yes.
2: But in the movie, of course, they just call him Jacques. And of course, Paul Bettany, as we all know, is the voice of Jarvis and he's Vision. So yes, Jacques, more Marvel characters in this here. How was Jacques for you?
1: Well, finding out that his name should have been Jacques Strap, <laughs> I, I feel somewhat robbed now. I, I might not be here to defend this movie because I think that was an epic fail. However, <laughs>
2: I'll get you the books.
1: Exactly, I I I would love to read it. Um, I'm intrigued. Um, yeah, sorry, you asked me about the character. Yes.
2: <laughs> I mean, see, see, no one's listening, and you're not listening. So we're, <laughs> we have achieved voidness here, people.
1: Here I'm. I'm. All, I'm all about defending his uh, his his strapness. movie name. <laughs>
2: But yes, Sir Jacques Strapp. Mm. I I loved him in this. The fact that it's Paul Bettany makes it even more fun, especially now that where Paul Bert- Bettany's career has gone as Vision. But the thing is. This this was where the slapstick humor really came into play. Like there were moments with Jacques in here that you were howling because I, I know you love when people get run over and hit by cars <laughs> and knocked around. There's not, there's something not wrong with my wife if these are the things that she's laughing at, but I get it and I appreciate it anyways.
1: It's so true. The physical humor, like it <laughs> was completely on point. It was so funny.
2: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, And dear listeners, you have to understand, when someone in a comedy movie gets hit by a car and they fly, she's going to laugh. I'm all for it. Like, I'm starting to wonder if you watch traffic cams for fun.
1: (laughs) No, no, they're boring.
2: However, Takes a while for the for the comedy to happen. But when it does, whoo, clear your day. Um, but no, he was fun because he played it so straight and because he played it so serious, right? He wasn't cracking quips. And that allowed Mordecai to be the comedic element. It was it was a very Abbott and Costello kind of dynamic between the two.
1: I think that almost makes it funnier. It almost makes it funnier. It's like, you know what? Um allow the comedy to happen around you, you know? It's, I mean...
2: I mean, you can go one of two ways. You can be the center of the comedy and have everyone else around you play it straight, which is kind of what happened with this film, right? Mordecai was the joke, mm-hmm. and everyone around was was the straight actor. And in other times, like when we were talking about The Ridiculous Six, and I can't believe I'm bringing up an Adam Sandler movie, meow, but anyways... He played it straight and everyone around him was the comedy. That's kind of the two ways you kind of have to go. In this case, Mordecai was the center of the comedy and Jock was a really good straight man to that. Mm -hmm. Plus he bounces well. (laughs) Olivia Munn as Georgina, who was Jeff Goldblum's wife and part of the crime duo that was also trying to get the painting. How was she for you?
1: I mean, she was great. Um all of the actors were so great and, and offered so much to the movie, like just the way they, their interactions. Um, yeah. I mean, again, I, I love when you, you just don't kind of know, you don't know which way this is going to go. Mm. <sighs> thoughts?
2: I, I do disagree? have thoughts. I do. No, no, no. I, I don't disagree. Like, cause I think Olivia Munn was good in the role. Don't get me wrong. But I think it was a waste of Olivia Munn. I mean, hear me out here. I think Olivia Munn is a very, very good actress. Loved her in the newsroom. As, pe- as much as the movie was maligned, I liked her in X-Men Apocalypse. And I remember when she used to be on shows like Attack of the Show and going out and doing like all the geek news stories and stuff like that. So I know Olivia Munn can be funny. I know she's a good actress. This role, the role itself could have been played by anybody because it was basically played as sexy tempstress who was also, you know, secretly a villain as well. And I think the actor was bigger than the shoes she was playing.
1: Or do you think she just didn't bring enough to the table?
2: Well, there's also the the theory that if you have too many characters and too many um, curveballs to throw, that there can't be enough screen time for the everybody. Like, I think looking at this film, the Russians, the Yakuza, like the everyone trying to find this painting... It's a lot of people in this film that it's given just enough screen time to make them interesting enough, but not enough screen time to flush it out. But it was,
1: it, it blended well. It wasn't like it was all done in chapters. It all blended in, which again, made the storyline even more interesting. Mm-hmm. It intertwined.
2: I think it's because I like Olivia Munn as an actress. And I wanted to see more of, of her in this. And I felt like they they kind of offed her pretty quick. Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> Should have if you listen to this show by now, like we're over 100 episodes in. You know what we're going to do.
1: Yeah, but I don't, think, I don't think she was. And it's not her fault. Not that it wasn't deserving, but I don't think her character was
2: needed. No, and and that's what I'm saying. It was an extra curveball that didn't need to happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean,
1: mean, for her to have been there and introduced, yes, that was necessary. mm -hmm. But I don't think that she needed to overstay her welcome.
2: I, I think here's the other thing, too. Georgina was there to create tension between Mordecai and Joanna. And that's all she needed to be. Having her all of a sudden pop and say, oh, surprise, I'm also a villain looking for this this painting. It's like, no. Georgina serves one role. To get Mordecai on his heels as Joanna comes to America to put an end to all that, let me tell you, kind of thing.
1: See, I kind of felt more like that was um, Obi-Wan's role, was to create tension. Like really, the, you know, because they had the history there.
2: But the thing is, you McGregor was there to, you know, make Mordecai question the strength of the of the relationship. Georgina was there to make Joanna question the strength of the relationship. No, I get that, but it was which, too much going on. Tell me it wouldn't have been poetic symmetry if and McGregor and Olivia Munn ended up at, the, at together at the end of the film. The two people who were pining for the others ended up together.
1: I mean, that would have been an interesting...
2: Plot twist. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I don't know. I, I think Georgina had a role. I don't think it was a big role. I think it was enough. I think they curveballed it a little too much. And I think Olivia Munn is too good for a small role. But again, that's well, just about- me.
1: What about Jeff Goldblum?
2: Oh, he it's was necessary. Freaking Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, but I... All things are better with Jeff Goldblum.
1: I mean, you would have had to end their relationship to have done that. But the thing is,
2: the Jeff Goldblum-Olivia Munn relationship didn't need to be a relationship. It could have just been a business partnership. True. Right? Jeff Goldblum is a freaking gem, first <laughs> of all. Like, he
1: doesn't need anybody. He, he doesn't. is fantastic. And the thing
2: is, the role he's playing as as Kromf... He can just be Jeff Goldblum, and it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like it should have been Mordecai according to Jeff Goldblum.
1: Oh, I love it.
2: Right, but the thing is, it's just enough Jeff Goldblum, right? It doesn't dominate everything because there's all these different parts that are that are being played, and all of a sudden Mordecai is still the the central figure. Jeff Goldblum is just like a cherry on the on the top of the cake here.
1: And I get so excited when he's introduced. I'm like, yes, this is this this movie is amazing. Oh, it, Thanks to Jeff Goldblum.
2: <laughs> the thing is though, Jeff Goldblum is fun and it's a great little shot of adrenaline to the comedy bone when you get to that point of the film. It's Mordecai. It's all about Mordecai, right? Jeff Goldblum's a great little pit stop. Don't get me wrong it was the perfect amount of Jeff Goldblum. I think if you put Jeff Goldblum in more than he was, it would have been it would have been overshadowing Mordecai. So I think it was the perfect amount of Goldblum.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: By the way, this is the most Marvel, non-Marvel movie I think we've covered in a while, <laughs> right? Because think about it, right? You've got Jeff Goldblum, right, from Thor Ragnarok. You have Olivia Munn who played Psylocke in X-Men Apocalypse. You've got Vision. You've got uh, Pepper Potts. Potts, right? Like... <laughs> Like, when, when is and McGregor going to be in Marvel?
1: By the way, we need some Johnny Depp.
2: I'd be curious who and McGregor or Johnny Depp could play in Marvel. That would be a fun, fun fan cast at that point. Hmm. I mean, it's got to happen at some point.
1: Who's left to cast?
2: <laughs> I, I think Marvel has hired all the actors by this point. Like, all <laughs> the actors at this point. And they've even doubled up. Like, some actors in Marvel, in the MCU, have played two different roles. So, they're, they're, clearly, they're starting to run out of actors here. <laughs> so, we've gone through the, the actors. And I think it was well-directed. So, what went wrong with this film? So, put yourself in the role of the critic here, right? Try to enter the critic's mind. And I'm sorry if that hurts you or anything. Try to put yourself in the critic's mind. What was it that they were seeing when they poo-pooed on this film.
1: Expectation. They probably went into it with higher expectations because of the list of actors, the caliber of talent. And I'm not quite sure what more they were expecting because everybody played their parts brilliantly. Mm-hmm. It was funny. It was again it was it was enjoyable to watch. There was really truly Nothing that I have negative to say about this movie. There's nothing that I would have changed. Although I love your suggestion about the, you know, romantic Between intertwining of the. Yeah, but a you little bit dead now. So yeah, you know, but I mean, again, it 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 was fine as it is. Yeah. Like,
2: and that that's this is what baffles me, right? Like, sometimes when you go in and you watch you watch a movie that that's. You know, qualifies for this show, and you can you can legitimately see things and sit there and go, okay, I understand why they why it qualifies. I don't understand why it's solo, but I understand why it qualifies. With this film, and for what it is, like it's a comedy. It's a goofy ass comedy. And it's a fun goofy ass comedy. And so I don't know. You know, you, you take a look at it, 12%. Like, this film should be bombing. Like, the joke shouldn't be landing. The, it should be boring as hell. It should be one of those films where you sit there and go, uh, <laughs> no. It's freaking funny. Everything, like, you find yourself laughing consistently through the film. Mm -hmm. It's a fun one. So, if they're crapping on the film because Johnny Depp, why? If you're crapping on the film because it's just a goofy little comedy that Austin Powers did better, why?
1: Again, you can't compare them. They're not, like, the same storyline. No, they're not
2: the same storylines, but I think you could draw parallels between the way Mike Myers portrayed Austin Powers and the way Johnny Depp portrayed Mordecai. There there is a similarity, if you will.
1: That's literally like saying you're going to compare, I don't know, like, oh, what was that? Um, American Psycho to, I don't know, like the Joker or like, you know what I like?
2: I could draw a comparison. Okay, but you, that, <laughs> that's
1: literally like comparing two movies with very similar, what, plot lines? And like, really? <laughs> like, would, enjoy would, would you, it for what it is. Would
2: you draw a, a, a stronger comparison between Steve Martin's Inspector Clouseau?
1: Well, again, you know, it did pop in my mind and I did mention it. Mm-hmm. However, as a standalone movie... It was enjoyable. Yeah. I would watch it again.
2: I mean, I, I can see the Pink Panther one because, of course, the Pink Panther is usually about some kind of jewelry or art kind of heist. And in that, you have Jean Reno who very much plays the the like the Jacques parallel, if you will. Like, there are parallels. And whenever you go into a film, and, and I do understand your argument about the weight of expectation. Right? This is a stellar cast. Like, a stellar cast so when you go into a film with this kind of cast you expect the world and it's a good director and it's based on a book it has all the hallmarks that says this should work and it does work but the critics didn't see it and i don't i never understand why a movie this good gets so maligned
1: i can't understand i mean i think it's funny to nominate you know johnny depp and his mustache that's funny
2: that, that is funny. however
1: <laughs> i mean to say that the the acting was bad or they didn't play their parts well mm-hmm. is unfair now refresh my memory when was iron man released 2008 more specifically um the building relationship with peppa potts like Oh, yeah.
2: Well, when when you think about it, right? So, Iron Man came out in 2008. If I remember correctly, Iron Man 2 came out in 2010. Okay. So, so you have... Or maybe 2009. I could be wrong on that one. However, but re- regardless, the Pepper Potts character has been developed by this point. And, yes, Iron Man 3 would have come out shortly after um, the first Avengers film, which that came out in 2010. So, no, 2012, I think. So we've we've got our pepper pots enough time
1: though for the comparisons to be drawn yeah and
2: i can see that i do see that so
1: that i mean that's unfair to begin with like
2: and and maybe that's the thing right is that people are looking at mordecai and this cast and saying well you could sit there and point to this this and this and this and this and this and it feels like almost a franken film of different parts of different films but that doesn't necessarily mean that the Franken film, if that's how you're looking at this is bad frankenstein's monster is not a villain he's just misunderstood so maybe that's the thing mordecai isn't a bad film it's just misunderstood
1: i absolutely agree drop the mic right there because i think that's that's an excellent point
2: yeah Why, thank you. (laughs) Meow. Anyways, it is now time to wrap this up here because apparently I've been told to drop the mic, which I'm not dropping these mics. They're good mics. Carrie, who is your Meow VP (laughs) of Mordecai?
1: I enjoyed all the actors equally. I just have to put that out as a disclaimer, but I'm going to go with Johnny Depp because he carried the movie... um, on his marvelous mustache mm-hmm. and <laughs> it was just so enjoyable to watch him clearly like it, it the fun he was having in this role was so evident that you could you, you just can't help but enjoy watching it
2: oh yeah he was he was a lot of fun it was
1: so much fun
2: he's not my MVP though Oh no! Mm-hmm. Okay, I have to go with Monsieur Jacques Strapp.
1: <laughs>
2: Paul Bettany is my MVP on wow. this one here, and I think it's because his, you know, his straightness in comparison to Mordecai's goofiness in this. I would have
1: lost money. I thought you were going to go with Ewan McGregor.
2: No, no, mm. and, I, and for uh, for a while I, was, I thought I was going to as well, but the thing is, Paul Bettany. Being so serious in this makes Mordecai's goofiness that much better, Mm. right? Sometimes you need that character to propel the main character.
1: For the record, though, I really wanted to vote for Jeff Goldblum. I really did. But
2: but the thing is, there wasn't enough Jeff Goldblum in there to make it work.
1: But I think there was just enough. Again, he's, he's, he's there for...
2: He's there for a good time, not for a long time. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. He's there for that, ah, moment, like, this is going to be good because Jeff Goldblum's in the house. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and that was it. That was all you need.
2: Jeff Goldblum, to me, in this is the equal amount of screen time to impact ratio that Stanley had in Mallrats, where, again, there for a good time, not for a long time, and just enough. Anything more would have taken away from the main characters. You
1: know what? I think Jeff Goldblum should be the ongoing like rest in peace, Stanley. I really mm. do miss the
2: The cameos. The, the
1: cameos, exactly. The appearances. So let's keep it going with Jeff Goldblum. <clears throat> and he can he can just have like he could even be you know, buying a hot dog on, on, a, on a street from a, you know, street meat vendor, And, you know, and it and it would make the entire movie. You know, like, we don't need a lot of Jeff Goldblum. Just enough to be like, oh, there he is. And he can continue and carry on that. No? Now,
2: my, Marvel has many other things that they have to do at this point, so. But
1: Jeff Goldblum. Make it happen. Oh, more Jeff Goldblum is mean, always a thing. Johnny Depp, that could be his role going forward in... in pardon me, in the Marvel universe, he could be the uh, special appearance.
2: As what, a watcher? Eh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I, I mean, I, I have thoughts on who he would be. I would love for our listeners to chime in on social media and not that bad cast and let us know who you think Johnny Depp and you McGregor should be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Just I'd be fascinated to hear that. Just hit us up. At not that bad cast on social media, Carrie. Thank B- you.
1: By the way, since we're <clears throat> making suggestions for Marvel, Squirrel Girl needs to happen.
2: Oh my God! Yes, make it
1: so. Anna Kendrick, Squirrel Girl. You think? Yes, yes, I do.
2: Would you make her ginger?
1: Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. You'd have to cut her hair though, or wigs. Eh, yeah.
2: Georgia Tennant.
1: Ooh. Oh, I would love that.
2: With the red hair that she make had from so. stage season three.
1: Well, no, because the, I mean, the strawberry blonde wouldn't work for the character, but I could totally see her face would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just get like a short crop uh, red wig.
2: So, Georgia Tennant, star of Staged, please become Squirrel Girl. <gasps> make it happen. That
1: would be amazing.
2: Yes, make it happen.
1: <laughs> Let's manifest that. Right, put it out into the internet or into the uh, into the universe and make it happen. I don't know
2: how we turned an episode about about Mordecai into a Marvel fan cast, but here we are, (laughs) and here we are at the end of the show. Carrie, thank you so much for this, and to you, our listeners, you guys know the drill. If there is a movie out there that you think is unfairly maligned or you think is so bad in Meow that we can't find anything good to say about it, hit us up on social media at Cast, or go to our website at NotThatBadCast.com. And while you are there, make sure you check out our coming soon page and see what movies we are eventually getting around to talking about like this one as well as check out our other shows. There can only be one and our episodes of Keep, Watch, Pass and Grading on a Curve. Until next time, Carrie, you're lovely. Listeners, you are lovely. Mustaches, you're lovely too. This is It's Not That Bad. Take care.